Hey, what's up everybody? This is Dr. Phil too. And I have taken a clip from Snack Time with the Grams. This is my brothers sharing uh, the testimonies with another set of twins, Dwayne Kane, Wayne Kane. And uh, they talk about dealing with cancer, dealing with it emotionally, dealing with it physically. My encouragement to you, listen to this afterwards. I hope you will go to the doctors, get everything checked out, know what to do, have your support. Uh, however, listen to uh, this interview, and I believe that this is very beneficial for you today. Right there. So real quick, because it's the interest of time. Yes, sir. Um, I, I'm going to tell you the honest truth, and I'm going to say it here. I never um, hit the, the twins back on this. But my doctor, just about two months ago, gave me back my results. My PSA is climbing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, I know Paul has been through his, but I know mine is climbing. So there's, there's just, you know, yep. as, as you guys know, mine was at a five and they couldn't regulate it. So they did a prostate. Uh, what is it called, Dwayne? Um, DR biopsy they did the biopsy yo i've never felt so much pain in my life man that's not what i heard yeah once a week appointment a, one, a once a week appointment they, they tell me the first person that was signing up yourself <laughs> For, for for some for some for some for some reason, um, men from Jamaica and so prostate cancer has some of the highest um, some of the highest uh, rates amongst black men, but specifically Caribbean men, Jamaican men have really high numbers, and we're not sure why. But I think to your point, um, and because I have to jump off, I have to literally jump in the cat's airport. The most important thing for us to understand that having conversations about prostate health is very important because as i said earlier men of color hate talking about it because it's so delicate it's so personal um my father had prostate cancer before Dwayne and i and guess what he had never talked about it with us never right, right? Yeah. and so it's something that's delicate um the symptoms are getting up and going to the bathroom a lot at night um, um it 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 it's it, sometimes you feel like you got a pee you can't hold it your pee is coming out of spurts it's sputtering and these are all things that start happening to you when you're about 40 years old and so we mm -hmm. should have digital rectal re digital rectal exams we should be going in and having the conversations with our doctor and because many of us don't have a health care many of us do not have a doctor if you feel comfortable with many of us do not like it because it is in the back door a lot of us are not getting treatment for our prostate and so when they go in finally and it is detected it has gone so far that we we we, we, we cannot do it Dwayne and i and we are we're twins and so Dwayne and i check this out we're having the same symptoms and okay. we're not talking about it publicly and Among we did, and go we ahead, did go ahead. not know we did not know we did not know that both of us in the end had prostate cancer and would and was diagnosed a month apart and, and because black men are so private were so embarrassed were so uh, uh dealing with everything privately we were both suffering in silence alone Whoa, and wow. so 
when it, no, when we were I think what he's saying, what he's saying, you have to de you have to dissect it. We both had prostate. Well, we didn't know we had prostate cancer, but we were having the frequent urinations. We were having the pains, and we're twins and did not even share with each other that well, we were going through these. That's symptoms. what happened to they Patrick did, and Paul. They had they had sto um, kidney stones a week apart from each other. And no, 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 not a week apart. Days apart. A day days apart. apart. That's right. So, days and, apart. And didn't say nothing to each other. So we, yeah, we, this is what Dwayne is saying. Dwayne is saying is that they're family. And because of the... the this is stigma. Yeah, we just... We yeah, but we family. talk about everything else. And that's... And I think that's why yes. this is healthy. We have to demystify men communicating around health. I think yes. that it's almost this thing that if you talk about health, you're weak. And or it's almost like the more pain you can endure, the more manly you are. But we go out of, of our way not to discuss anything that has anything to do with health. And I remember when I was I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And I remember the first thing I did after I went to my family was I had to tell my brother because I said, this may affect him. Right. I told him his symptoms. And he said, Dwayne, I've been suffering with those same symptoms. But guess what? It was for five years. But you, you know what's and so funny? I'm sorry. And when I got diagnosed, when I got diagnosed, Wayne went in literally a few weeks afterwards, and he found out that he had it. And um, it was probably, you know, in our life is probably we. I was diagnosed at 48, right? And so it's probably the most traumatic thing that's happened to me in my adult life because there's a lot of things that happen when you have prostate cancer that most men don't discuss, and. Um, we literally had to a educate ourselves in terms of what it is that we had. What is the what are the best menu of treatments? Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to do the seeds? Do you want to do the um? Do you want to do the Da Vinci method, which is to put a ro robotic? Do you want to do um? This thing is called a radical prostatectomy, where they remove the prostate. Do you want to do radiation? And there is a myriad of options. And guess what? Every person and every doctor has a treatment, but you want to consider a few things. Your age, right? your health, your wife, your, your wife. The other thing is what you have financial access to, because obviously in the world that we live in, depending upon your insurance plan and your finances determines the quality of healthcare you get. Let's just be honest. That's right. So the early detection is the key. Um, the good thing about the good thing about prostate cancer is prostate cancer is survivable. It's probably one of the if you're gonna get a cancer, you probably want prostate cancer if you get it early. If you do not, if you do not get it early, it will change your life. Go ahead, Wayne. Go ahead. Let me real. tag back. Let me let me tag back in, gentlemen. The most difficult part about prostate cancer is actually not the prostate cancer, if I'm very honest, right? right? Um, you, you, no matter what the surgery is, you can overcome that. But let me tell you, let me be frank and real. Me is a man who love the bedroom. Me love, me love the bully. The, me love to bully my beef. That's you right. right. That's okay. right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There is a period. There is a period of time after the surgery where you do not have any sexual function, and you are unsure if it will ever come back. Now, hold on for a second. I want you to chew on that for a second. Can you imagine that everything in your life as a man centers around your power, your, your potency, your, 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 your ability to procreate, your ability to make love to your wife uh, and, and to be strong. When you have prostate cancer, that goes away. Now, this was the struggle for me. For over a year, I did not have any sexual function. 
with my with my with my with my with my penis. That was the most difficult period in my life. How about your mouth though? My pardon? How about your mouth though? Because <laughs> <laughs> I have to go. Jack, 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 that's Jack. all that beard. That's all that beard got that thick. <laughs> it, it's 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 not a beard. It's a womb broom. Now, <laughs> A gentleman, my cab is downstairs. The, the, oh, man. The reality, of, the reality of this is, and I hope we can do this again next week, right? Because I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I want to make the time for this. The, sure. reality, the reality of this is, I believe by faith, right? In other words, God sustained me when I didn't have, when I was on my back, when, when after the process, where well, guess what? I was, I was cool for three years. Three weeks ago, I got another call. I had to come out here and praise God is not cancerous. I had this, I had the blockage removed um, on, on, on Tuesday, Wednesday coming, Wednesday gone, right? So I'm talking about Wednesday, two days ago. I went to the Midwest Urolo Urological Institute and they, I did stem cell replacements because I didn't want to go under the knife again. I did shockwave therapy. And I can tell you that by God's grace, with science and the ability to talk. I put the videos of me getting a procedure in my family chat. Everybody's like, my brothers, everybody's like, why are you doing that? Because I want to make my family understand what I'm going through. I want my brother who has to go through this, I have to go through right. see it. My dad who say, you know. Keynes, we're losing them. We're losing them. We can't hear you. I love you. I'll talk to you a little bit. Go ahead. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Wayne, go. Yeah, to go. Yeah, to go. Yeah, to go. Yeah, man. So I think. Yeah, how, did it, how did it affect you? Uh, well, so, so just before for the listening audience to give my brother context, um, my brother actually ran for politics in 2017, right. and he ran. He ran uh, for a the party at the time. They were the opposition, and he ran as a um, he ran. He got in, and he became the um, minister of national security. Right, And because of him getting in, it was around the same time that he was diagnosed with cancer. And so he never took any time off to really recuperate. And as a result of him just pushing his body, he basically started to significantly uh, suffer some long-term issues with it. And so what happened was he actually, and the part that I guess his saying is, he, as we speak, is literally just leaving a two-week treatment facility right. where he's been right. treating for the issues around prostate cancer. We actually had thought it had come back. And praise God, it did not come back, but he still right. had to deal with the critical issues that surround the prostate issues. Right. And so that's probably one of the things that we have to say. My brother hit on something that's critical. Most people, when they talk about prostate cancer, here's a conversation my dad, my father did not want to have, that right. most men do not want to have. There's a period of time afterwards that your sexual function goes or you're not performing to yourself and you probably never will. And most men are petrified about that conversation. Yeah, with, and, or without, with or without uh, um, prostate cancer, no, we don't even talk about ED. So yeah. not, not yes. amongst each other. So go ahead, we'll so, talk, but we'll talk about so our sexual... Most, most, most men, when they get prostate cancer, they basically just stop talking about it because in our minds, if we stop talking about it, it will go away. 
And so when my brother and I got it, we set out to demystify prostate cancer in terms mm -hmm. of what are the issues, how do you recuperate, how do you seek for help. And in Bermuda, we started a support group for men in prostate cancer. We also have a WhatsApp group where anybody at any time can reach out and talk about it. And I was so shocked how many men are in the, this space or their family members in this space. Why, could you imagine a wife that is dealing with a husband who has erectile dysfunction because of prostate cancer and the pressure, the sh everything actually comes onto your spouse. And so what I had to do is I had to get a support group for my wife. Whoa. And my brother had to get support groups for our wife because they're in it too. They are, they are dealing with the critical issues that you're going through. They have to deal with them. What most people don't realize, and I read this, and they said a lot of men contemplate suicide. I believe that. Absolutely. I did not what I I learned so much about how much focus and how much my manhood was circulated sexuality and how immature I was because everything as a man that I tied my value to was my sexual prowess. Gotcha. And when it is taken away from you, you actually feel like you have no value. You feel like you cannot even, you feel like you cannot even have a relationship emotionally with your wife because, and so I had to rebuild my mind because I had to take away from the center of my masculinity, my sexuality, and put the center of my masculinity, my character. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Come on. You're talking good. Yeah. So, so him, my, my point is, is that. I believe, and I don't believe God gives you things, but I believe that a part of me actually coming down with prostate cancer was was a good thing. You saying was a good thing? Was God's way Come on. of reaching me at a level that He had to to keep me safe. Come on, because so much of who we are are wrapped up in our our ego. And our ego is so attached to our sexuality because over the years, black men have had one way to show we are powerful, and that's in the bedroom. That's we have right. no power in the booth. We have no power in the boardroom. We have no power in the community. So the one place we can always and have always defined ourselves is the fact that everybody had to pay homage in that chop shop. So now you take that ability away from you and psychologically, you actually do not feel you bring value into a space. Mercy. And so what I had to learn is I am not defined my a bit by my ability to make a woman orgasm. I am not defined by my ability. And I had to seek other ways. I felt I realized how selfish I was sexually. Mm, wow. I realized how, how ego-driven I was. Ego-driven I was around the construct the construct of, in I wasn't about intimacy, I was about sexuality. Mm -hmm. Here's what prostate cancer tr taught me. It taught me how to be intimate. Mm, wow. You see what I said? Yeah, because yeah, you, can yeah. no long you can no longer depend on, number one, you have to consider other ways to pleasure, to please, to sustain. And obviously, I'm thankful to God on high right now that I've, re I've um, both my brother and I yeah. have re regained our sexual prowess in the in the respect of because we're young enough for it to come back and it did right? Right, right but in the in the period of time that it did not we had to fortify our minds and hearts and and the depression mm. i went to a significant bout of depression where i didn't want to leave the house it doesn't it doesn't and, even sound 
Dwayne, like people mm-hmm. like you, re- really. I mean, because because we're so high um, profile profiling and you know because we're so high profile and because you live this life where we're laughing we're joking we're people people persons so to speak high life so to speak that you can get depressed over something like this you know that we can get depressed over something like this that's a big statement that you're making depression depression is something that i understand very well now here's what's funny my father went through it and i watched my father go through it in silence right because he did not have the network he actually also did not understand about how communications help. And he went through everything that I'm going through. He went through in silence. You with me? Because our fathers come from the generation where men grin and bear it. That's and right. so now, and so now me having this conversation, it opens up the door for men to say, A, you're not alone. B, feeling sad, feeling down is not a death sentence and right. now with technology with conversation we can do a lot more and so it, it, it what this dialogue does is you have a number of men in our world that because of high blood pressure because of um he still points like this still points like because of because of because of diabetes they are, as you said earlier, are dealing with because once you go through forty, your body reacts different. Um, of course, being, being morbidly obese. Yes, and, and so what happens is, is that we're no longer the men that we were. And so, Dwayne, we, Dwayne one we, second, let me ask you this. So, um, uh, let me cut you off because I want to go back to the support level, the support type thing. When I got my t- uh, checkup, mm-hmm. I was ashamed to even tell Paul because this mm-hmm. doctor put his fingers inside me. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Seriously, with all jokes aside. Matt told me to roll over. He put his fingers inside me. I couldn't even, I couldn't tell Paul. I couldn't tell my wife. I felt so ashamed that I didn't even say anything to anybody about it. What I'm going, uh, uh, what I'm asking you is this. During the time that both of you had. I'm barely hearing you. During the time that both of you had the scare. Uh Did both of you have the opportunity of sharing with one another during the depression or during that time? Believe it or not, if I'm being very honest, we both went through it and are still going through it. Okay. Um, Wayne actually is because his situation would reoccur so significantly. We still, you still go through it. Um, it's, you don't, you don't get over it. It's now knowing what your triggers are. Um, and how do you find the moments to actually come back together? I actually believe it or not, and I haven't shared this with most uh, many people, because of my former job and because of my cancer, I actually I started to suffer from um, panic attacks. And I started, I, I started, I literally one day I'm just home shaking, and I'm literally not trying to figure out what was going on, and I'm still right now between PSD from my former job. Um, and also just from having cancer at 47, I actually started to literally suffer from panic attacks. And yeah. remember, prided myself on being this guy that had everything in control and then to be in a position where I thought I was having a heart attack. Right. I go to the doctor and he said, nothing's wrong for you. He said, listen, and he wanted to put me on my medication. I said, absolutely not. That's this right. is not something that I'm going to let you put any medication on me. And I basically now know when it's coming on, how to manage it. I know literally it's usually stress related for me. And so what I do now is I have a routine where I walk. Um, I actually have my period of reflection where, you know, faith, they call it period of reflection. We call it prayer and meditation. Right. I actually 
have places in my phone that has got pictures of my wife and my kids and they bring me down. I have a dog that I walk and I put things in place, but I am a sufferer now of, um, and who would have thought, right? Somebody right. leaves leads a city, um, has a bunch of people I'm responsible for, this captain of industry, and in my, I was living in my own personal hell. Yes. And, um, yes, yes. And, and, and I remember actually sharing it one time at a church function and a pastor basically said, people suffer, and he was wrong, and it was offensive, but he said, people suffer from um, all of this stuff like um, panic attacks and the like because they have no faith. That's right. I can't say that. that. You can't say that. That's not true. And, can't say that's that. absolutely not true. And he basically true. said that if you have faith, and, and what I thought was that is, in our community, we don't understand mental health. That's right. We, we actually believe that some, if you have a problem, you did something wrong and God is punishing you. That's right. right. And That's so right. I don't serve a God like that. My God does not look at anything that we're going through as a curse. You understand? And yeah. so a part of a part of what we have to do is find a way to redefine how we look at God, his mercy, his grace. Mm -hmm. And also as Seventh-day Adventists, we were raised with this Jesus that basically if you didn't do the rules, he was going to smite you. That's right. And so when you have that, when you're raised with that mindset, I actually, if I can be totally transparent, mm -hmm. I actually thought having cancer subconsciously was a punishment for the life I lived in the past. Gotcha. Gotcha. I thought I thought that because I was a man's man back in the day, mm -hmm. that this is God's way of saying this is payback for the right. life you lived at Oakwood and when you came back and this is your punishment. And I walked around with that scarlet letter on my chest feeling that I brought this on myself. Right. And then, you know, I just remember God's grace and mercy. And God said, who the sun set free is free indeed. That's right. right. I did not do anything to earn this. And, but guess what? You guys know what I'm talking about psychologically. When you start to say, I, if I would have just done this, and this is because I did this. That's right. And I'm, I'm being transparent in terms of how we find ourselves in these dark spaces because of the weight that weight we carry, because of the psychological baggage that we have basically grown up with because of our Just family, our, our upbringing, our, because of our, the way our faith, the way our families have presented Jesus to us. That's and true. So, and so what we're doing now as men is we are recalibrating ourselves to redefine how we see Jesus and how our family sees Jesus yeah. and how we relate to him because the way that our parents related to Jesus is killing us. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's actually causing us to disconnect from the faith because we're now saying it's not working for me. And here's the difference between our generation, our children's generation. My children would rather walk away from our faith than to live in a faith that they do not endure, support, and love. But they will on. not do it. But hold on, though, uh, uh, twin. But they, but your children won't walk away from Jesus. Well, remember what they say: Have you given up on church? But you've never given up on God. That's true. Right. Do, do, so, do, I got a question. I got a question. Sure, sure. Okay, it's me and Pat, mm -hmm. but we got an older brother, Gary. Sure. Okay, it's you and Wayne. But you Travis, younger brother Travis. Travis. How, how does this fall on Travis? Well, you know? Tra Travis has my father's personality in that 
He doesn't say much, he, but he had to get a test because he's now 45. He thankfully has gotten the test and he is, he does not have it. Now what they say is if your, if your father has it, you're one in four. If your sibling has it, you're one in two. Mercy. Jesus. So re remember, okay. remember Wayne and I are as, are you guys identical or fraternal? Identical. Patrick and Paul, are you guys identical twins or fraternal twins? Identical. So Wayne and I are identical as well. So remember, identical twins are the same egg that splits in two. That splits, so right. Our DNA or RNA footprint are the, is the same. So if that's why we know that the, the prostate cancer in our, in our space is hereditary mm -hmm. because we basically had it at the same time with the, in the same issue. So that's DNA stamped. Right? right knowing that my father had it and my brother said something earlier and that is black man outside there's only one other population group that is higher than us and i think it's either i want to say um it's one of the native american uh, groups and then it's a group in 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 japan but we blacks represent the highest groups for prostate cancer and they are kind of it's between diet and it's between hereditary. They say it's between those two things, diet and hereditary. But we, in our case, know that it's 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 hereditary, definitely. Yo, Kingsley, I gotta admit this to you, man. Last week when I asked you guys to come on, we just wanted to laugh. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what we do. We laugh. Sometimes we have serious subjects like mm -hmm. this. But I gotta tell you, when me and you talked about mm -hmm. Wayne, you know, I wasn't mm -hmm. sure we were, we were gonna bring it in. You know, talk about mm -hmm. it today. Mm -hmm. But Wayne came on and Wayne was just like, listen, I'm thanking God right now. I'm praising him for right now. It's time for me to go back for my tests. I should have mm -hmm. been back maybe six, seven, maybe a sure. year ago. I should have gone back. Mm -hmm. But after taking 13 pieces from my prostate, mm -hmm. uh, they came back and said, we have found nothing. God, where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so that gives me a little bit more time. You understand where mm -hmm. I'm coming from, but I still got to keep going back. Um, which means my PSAs has gone. It has, is high, but now I got to find out what am I eating? You know, what am I drinking? You know, am I taking the test before or before sexual activity? You understand where I'm coming from? All these things I got to think about, but I still got to go back and take it because we don't know. Sure. You just don't know. And, and remember, one of the things you told me three, three years ago, man, I mean, we were calling him. I don't know if anybody knows this, but we were, we were literally crying on the phone. Mm -hmm. You know, your brother, me, Pat, yourself, we were literally crying on the phone yep. because we three, we four were going through it at the same time. But you guys had it. You understand where I'm coming from? <clears throat> and so I'm there and I'm using the toilet, right? I'm, I'm using the toilet and I'm spurting. I'm spurting. I'm spurting. I'm spurting. I'm spurting. And I'm saying, I go to the doctor and he's like, it's not, whatever it is, is not cancer. You, you understand where I'm coming from? You got to realize maybe you need to drink some more water. Maybe you're getting too, you may be getting much older or, or this, that, and the other, but we got to keep going back. And one, one doctor might make a mistake. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think it's really important to, uh, you know, to, to, you know, to get maybe the second opinion. You understand where I'm coming from? <laughs> I get I, I, what, the question I'd like to ask is I'm losing you. the The question I'd like to ask I think Paul we have to talk slower. For, okay. The question I'd like to ask is, where are you now 
with this? I know you talked about the depression side of it. Where are you now with the healing side of it? Uh, very good question. So where, where am I now? I have actually been cancer free for three years, right? Amen. Um, and I've been cancer free for three years. The sexual health is still coming back. We're not 100%, but I'm over 70%. Um, there's a lot of things that never come fully back. Um, when you have prostate cancer, they actually remove the prostate. The prostate is actually one of the housing agents for semen. So you no longer have semen. So you have what you can have an orgasm, but you have what is called a dry orgasm where you have the same sensation. You just don't get you just don't get the, the formal discharge. So that takes that takes a lot of getting used to. Um, in a lot of cases, there are men who have prostate cancer. They need a stimulant, whether it be Viagra and or Levitra and or one of those things. And some men, they cannot even have an erection at all. They have to either have um they get a prosthetic and oh, somehow oh. use pump. Thankfully, I have not been in that position and I'm returned back to my, my full glory. But I will say what I will say this and that is, is that that's the part that the conversation we don't have. Right. Even, even having this conversation right now, if I'm being honest, it's very uncomfortable because yeah. it's about a personal aspect of your life. Absolutely. And not, and not only the, it goes back to what I said earlier in that the amount of pressure that we put on ourselves historically to be to, with our sexual prowess, right? Right, right? And so I am thankful that I'm cancer-free. I get my checkup um, every six months. I've been having a lot of pains. Um, so like Wayne, I will go up um, probably in the next six months to go to the same facility just to get the pipes checked. Um, just, a, just, a, just a little history of what we need to do. If you have a history of prostate cancer in your family, you should start getting checked at 35. Early. But if you are a black man and is not in your family, 40 years old, you should have the test once a year. What they do is a digital rectal exam. The doctor takes his finger, he feels up in here, and what he's doing is he's feeling for a raised nodule. If he feels a raised nodule, what that is, that is the first indicator that something is not right. And what they would then do is send you to get a blood test. And in some cases, they, they go up some, they do a biopsy, they go up the poop chute, and they have this little device, doop, 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 and it goes up, and it just takes tissue, and then they test it to see if that tissue is cancerous. Mm. If you want to be real sophisticated, if you're on high insurance brackets, they now have blood tests that you can take that can actually... Um, do away with a lot of the um, mm. invasive right. uh, tests, but the, this is free. And the, depending on your insurance, depending on the technology in your environment, they do now have less invasive uh, technologies. And every year, every moment, there's new technology being introduced in the space that actually makes this a lot less um, invasive. Okay. I went to yeah. a gentleman by the name of Arthur Burnett, and Arthur Burnett is a doctor at Johns Hopkins University. He is ranked number five in the world for a radical prostatectomy, which is a surgery that I had. And I remember walking into the doctor's office and just saying to him, Doc, you know, I'm black guy, 6'2", big guy. And I said to him, listen, I'm nervous. I'm 47 years old. I got a young wife. And I just put my heart on the table. And he looked at me and he said, Mr. Keynes, I've done 20,000 of these of these surgeries. There's no safer hands you could be in. Right? And, 
And I remember being in that hospital room and the vulnerability of it, but knowing that I was in safe hands. When you go to the doctor, you have to remember, it's not the procedure, just the procedure, is the skilled nature of the sermon. Mm. Surgeon, excuse me. Mm -hmm. You only get doctors who are ranked, who have a very good reputation, and who have done a sufficient, you have to do your research. Do not just let anybody touch your bits. Mm -hmm. This is a very skilled sur surgery that I've had a talk to a lot of men who've went to the wrong doctor and are paying a significant price. Mm. You have to make sure that your surgeon is noted, that he or she have had thousands of hours doing what they said. You've got to look at your man hours, but you also got to ask yourself what works best for you. I had the radical prostatectomy, which is basically they open you up and they cut out your prostate. But mine was in advanced stage. I could not take the risk. If mine was not as advanced, I would have gotten the robotic, which they pretty put three holes on each side of you and the robot goes in, it's less invasive and your recovery time is a lot sooner. Shorter, right. So, and then they have another one, but they put the radiation seeds. You have to find what works best with you, your age, how advanced it is, you also want to look at the price point. But these are all the things that you need to work out with a doctor. What I found was tremendous is talk to men who have had it. Don't just talk to a doctor. If you're talking to a doctor, they're going to tell you what they think is best. Right. The best people to talk to are individuals who have gone through it. Right. They will tell you everything you need to know. And I find that's what I did not do. Okay. I talk to specialists. If I had to do it again, I would have talked to men who have been through it because they are the ones that could tell you everything you need to know what to expect mm -hmm. also what to avoid. Mm -hmm. Dwayne, are you, are you still fearful right now? Well, you have to slow down. Dwayne, are, are you still fearful right now? Um, if I'm going to be honest, you're always fearful, um, but I am, I'm cautiously fearful. In other words, my faith has pulled me through. I've right. come this far feeling very optimistic, but I would be lying if I said I still do not have an element. Wow, that was a deep interview. Uh, so much information in there, and I really appreciate uh, the Grams letting me take a clip of their interview. I really hope that men, you will go out, get tested, uh, work out, stay healthy. Listen, I got my own health issues and I've got to get things together. I've got to do better for me, my family, my community. So everybody, please, uh, men, just, you know, destroy that myth of I can't go to the doctor. I can't get this checked out. I don't want to know. You want to know and your family wants to know. So please check it out, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Anchor Voice once again. All right, here we go. Stay anchored, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Anchored Voice. For the video edition of this, subscribe to our YouTube channel, McGuire ENTV. For audio, listen on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play or Stitcher. Until next time, stay anchored.